you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. Chris Voss here from the ChrisVossShow.com. Thanks for tuning in. We certainly appreciate it, guys. Uh, be sure to go refer the show to all your friends, family, and relatives. We've got an amazing multi-book author. She's the author of about 20 books on the thing. On uh, She's probably going to have a lot more by the time we get done with this. Probably going to have two more books up by the time we get done with the show. Uh, so we'll be talking to her about her books uh, and everything that she does. Uh, we'll also uh, be asking you to... Uh, Go to iTunes and make a good referral on the show. Go to five stars. We certainly appreciate when you do that. Go to our groups on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all those crazy places the kids are playing. And, of course, my speaker and uh, consulting website, ChrisVossLeadershipInstitute.com. Hi, folks. Chris Voss here with a little station break. Hope you're enjoying the show so far. We'll resume here in a second. Uh, I'd like to invite you to come to my coaching speaking and training courses website. You can also see our new podcast over there at chrisvossleadershipinstitute.com. Over there, you can find all the different stuff that we do for speaking engagements. If you'd like to hire me, uh, training courses that we offer and coaching for leadership, management, entrepreneurism, uh, podcasting, corporate stuff, uh, with over 35 years of experience in business and running companies as a CEO. Uh, I think I can offer a wonderful breadth of information information and knowledge to you or anyone that you want to invite me to for your company. Thanks for tuning in. We certainly appreciate you listening to the show and be sure to check out Chris Voss leadership Institute.com. Now back to the show. Uh, she's out with her latest book. It'll be October 11th, 2022. How do we get to the end of the year so fast? I just, that's the only way I tell time is by having authors on the show to give us release dates. That's how I know where I'm at. <laughs> Yeah, she's the author of the newest book. You want to pre-order it where you can get wherever fine books are sold. That Summer in Berlin by Alicia Cornwall. She's on the show with us today talking about her books. And uh, she's originally from Ontario. She now calls the foothills of Canada's Rocky Mountains home. Uh, She's the author of uh, up to 20 novels. We'll get an exact count here in a bit. Uh, The Woman at the Front was her first historical fiction title. It's being followed by That Summer in Berlin, and she writes full-time. She loves gardening uh, and uh, knitting. She adopts stray creatures, usually cats. You know, be careful what you're adopting there. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) If you stick with cats, I think you're okay. But, uh, you know, don't do like wombats or something. I don't know why you do wombats, but it sounded funny at the time. And uh, what's exotic. There you go. Yeah, you know, just just don't don't. I mean, cats bite, but just stay away from anything that's poisonous. Like, don't adapt to rattlesnakes or something. I learned that the hard way. Don't ask. Uh, she creates magical words from cardboard, paint, and glue. She's clearly an artist. And uh, when she's on her work uh, at her desk, working on her next book, she's walking her dog. She loves dogs too, so that makes her a good person. Uh, welcome to the show, Alicia. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Chris. There you go. Okay, you can tell I'm a dog person. Uh, give us your .com so people can find you on the interwebs and get to know you better. Uh, I'm at uh, LeishaCornwall.com. 
easy to find. Um, I'm, and you can find the links there to uh, Facebook and Instagram and all the other social media. So, and and how many books exactly did you have, or do you have an exact count? I keep losing track. I think it's about nineteen. I wrote uh, <laughs> historical fiction for a long time before I started writing or historical romance before I started writing oh. historical fiction uh, a few years ago. So yes, the, the romances are far more numerous at this point. <laughs> so uh, do you do you hop back and forth? Do you write romance books? Uh, you know, do one romance book and do historical fiction, or are you kind of turned and, and doing more of the historical fiction now? I am firmly in historical fiction now. I think mm-hmm. um, I still love to read ro- romance on occasion, and uh, you know, I think up plots now and then. But no, I'm, I'm firmly in historical fiction. I find it a much more um, open genre about uh, with far less conventions that you have to follow. So mm-hmm. yes, I, I like the freedom. Yeah, plus with historical fiction, she can get paid to go traveling to go study the <laughs> place you're writing about. Is that is that what you do? I, the other authors well, tell me that's what they're up to. Uh, I'd love to, but all those cats and dogs and bunnies. Oh, uh, that's right. Keep yeah. me keep me at home uh, a lot of the time. So uh, bunnies too, uh, huh? One bunny. One. One bunny. Yeah. My daughter brought him home uh, during the pandemic, and he's uh, he's quite a quite a guy. <laughs> there you go. Just make sure the cats and dogs don't get a hold of him. That's, that's the main thing there. Oh, he's in charge. <laughs> oh, really? He's the boss. Mm-hmm. I would like to see videos of that. Uh, that would be great TikTok videos. A funny. Yes. Ruling the the uh, the house there. Uh, so uh, you've written a lot of different books. Uh, in in and you've written about romance and now historical fiction. Um, what motivated you want to write this book? Uh, well, I, I started uh, researching different things about uh, the 1930s, which is a decade I find really fascinating. And uh, I mean, research takes three phases. First of all, you have the magpie phase where you're reading everything you can get your hands on, trying to find an idea for a story. And then you have the wormhole phase. You say, okay, well, that might make a good story. Let's start researching that. And you get, you, you're looking for uh, a specific idea or a specific piece of information. And you find like other ways to go. And then finally you get to the aha moment, which is when you've got the idea and you know it's going to make a good book. So I think the the um the aha moment for this one was finding out that uh in the nineteen thirties the British were sending uh their debutantes, like eighteen year old girls, over to Germany with the process uh, with the prospect of uh hopefully intermarrying and preventing a war that way. The upper really? Yeah. The upper classes had the idea that if, if they intermarried, that there couldn't possibly be another war. But I, I mean, they, the aristocrats in both countries sort of thought, okay, well, we're going to let Hitler do his thing, get the people worked up. We're going to let him build the country up and fix the economy and gives, gives them pride again. And then when he gets too big for his boots, we're just going to knock him down. Well, of course, that didn't work. <laughs> so. In the meantime, we'll sell him all the stuff that he can use, you know, all the hardware and engines and, and uh, planes and tanks so that uh, yep. he can have a war with us. It's quite extraordinary when you listen to Churchill, you know. Absolutely. Say, what the hell are we doing here? We're, you know, yes. we're, we're, I mean, we're making, we're making money so that they can bomb the hell out of us. 
Um, yeah, it's, it's quite extraordinary what took place in that war. It's like if we yes. started selling, it's like right now, if we started selling uh, a military parts to Russia, <laughs> yep, that's, exactly. and eventually they attack us and we're like, what? Yeah, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> why did like, you do that? <laughs> why? Why? And uh, so there you go. Uh, now, do your, do your books follow a series? Is there a character that's a, that goes through the series or, or each kind of a standalone? No, the historicals are standalones at this point. Um, mm -hmm. There are um, additional sort of ideas for follow-ons with other characters. I mean, sometimes you fall in love with a secondary character and you just want to give them their own book. And that's sort of like they're, they're inside your head telling me, okay, write my story. <laughs> so it's, yeah, there's a lot, writers have a lot of voices in their heads. Explain the viral book. Wait, I, do I have we're never only. <laughs> yeah. I, I hear it's not schizophrenia if there's more than eight, if it's a personality. If you have eight personalities that are the voices <laughs> in your head, it's just if you think that another personality outside yourself is talking to yourself, then that's schizophrenia. Okay. At least that's oh. my excuse. I keep telling my psychiatrist. <laughs> I just keep telling them and telling people it's ADHD. <laughs> yeah, ADHD. That's the other excuse I think I use. I have ADHD, and so do the other 10 people in my head, especially <laughs> the one who keeps saying yep. kill, kill, kill all the time. That I, <laughs> the judge says I have to ignore now as long as I'm wearing the ankle bracelet. Uh, so uh, tell us, uh, give us an outline, an uh, overview of this book, uh, uh, in a little bit more in depth. I know with novels, we can't really give away the middle and the ending because, you know, then, then you kind of know. Well, it's about a, a young woman, an, an English woman, who gets the opportunity to take a trip to Germany on holiday during the summer of 1936 when the Olympics are on. And she's going to be the guest of uh, some upper-class, high-ranking German family. So she's asked to kind of uh, use her camera. She's a camera buff. So to use her camera to sort of take a look behind the scenes of what the Nazis might be really hiding, like uh, preparations for war and uh, oh. uh, weapons build up and things like that. And she thinks that, uh, that they think that, okay, she's just a young tourist with a camera. She's going to be fine. Uh, and if she, if she gets caught, she'll just talk her way out of it. It's like, what, this old thing, you know, kind of an idea. Uh, and she's, uh, she's sort of asked to do this by a British reporter who can't really, go to the places that she can because um, mm. they, they kept the press very controlled, of course. Um, so she's working with him to try and, and find what's necessary and she has to be very careful because there are people watching her. Um, wow. And of course, uh, there's always a chance she will get caught or will get caught up in something she can't handle and yes, you have to read the book and find out what exactly happens when that occurs. Mm. <laughs> So is she officially a spy or kind of a spy for the, cause she's working for. I, I think she starts out as a very reluctant tourist and mm. she's sort of uh, drawn into becoming a, um, to helping somebody and then sort of proving her skills as a photographer. And uh, then yes, she is technically a spy. Ah, so right. she's, uh, yes. And and so, uh, what what sort of study did you do to to come up with this uh, and, and and background sort of things? Uh, delve us into some of the the fun that was. Uh, well, I read a lot about the the Olympics and mm. a lot about the rise of Hitler, uh, which mm -hmm. was you know, heavy reading. 
Um, and uh, a lot about uh, female photographers and a lot about the, the uh, foreign correspondents that worked in Berlin during the 30s, um, which was very fascinating. <laughs> so um, it's that's the wormhole thing. I mean, you start researching one thing, you think, ah, oh, but there's that. And I can mm -hmm. add that to the story. Mm -hmm. um, and the, there's kind of a theme that runs through it of, uh, of King Arthur. So... Um, sort of the once a future king and she sort of thinks that uh, her father has brought her up to believe that you know the lake where she learned to swim was the real uh, pool where Excalibur came from oh, really? so she has this sort of um, feeling in the in her heart that you know this is this is part of my legacy this is the sort of once a future king the saving the country um, so <laughs> that's a sort of a theme and a symbol that runs through the book Oh wow, wow! That's pretty interesting. The, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it was a really interesting time in history in, in yes. that era, um, and I imagine there's kind of a romantic feel to that era because you know it's still pre-war and it, there's a, I mean, there's a certain beauty to Europe and and Germany and Berlin, um, and uh, you know, there's there's you know everything hasn't been bombed to hell again. I imagine everything yes. rebuilt at that point. Um, and, uh, and pretty good. Um, that was really interesting to me that, that, uh, they would send young women over to marry up and I, I suppose, uh, keep a war from happening. They're like, mm -hmm. they're like, Hey, we don't want a war in Europe. Send them wives. That'll fix it. <laughs> well, these, these, these women came back and when they were interviewed years later, it was like, Oh, I had the most marvelous time. And, and, uh, we, we didn't see anything. We just loved the way the men looked in the uniforms. <laughs> Going to parties and, and listening to the music, we weren't paying any attention to that little man with the mustache. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was sort of uh, completely denied that there was anything uh, political, any political involvement or support for Hitler there. So who knows? So it didn't help at all that they did this, huh? It didn't no. help at all. Wow. I'm not sure how many of them them married into the family. I mean, like there were the Mitford sisters, which were a family of girls. And there was one of them was Nancy Mitford was a writer and uh, Unity Mitford was a, a Hitler devotee. She actually went over and stalked a cafe until she got a chance to, to actually meet him. And she became one of his favorites. Yeah. Um, and uh, her sister was uh, the mistress of the British equivalent of Hitler, the fascist union leader of, uh, Oswald Mosley, and she eventually married him. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there were a couple of uh, very famous, uh, I guess, uh, British Nazis. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. But yes, Hitler had a, a real thing for young English girls. So, um, and I think that was because he saw the connection with England. He he admired England and he wanted that, mm -hmm. uh, that connection. So he encouraged it. See, it's interesting how how, uh, what's the correct word, the narcissism of some of these fascist leaders we see over the time and how much they want to, they, you know, they really long to be uh, uh, someone else or, or someone bigger. Um, and you, and part of the book is set during the uh, 1936 uh, Berlin Olympics as well? Yes. Yep. Yeah. That's sort of the backdrop of the book. Um, and that was a very interesting Olympics um, when, they they were awarded the Olympics in 1931, and when Hitler came to power and said, "Well, we're not doing that. That's that's a silly thing." 
Mm-hmm. And uh, people like Joseph Goebbels suggested that no, it has propaganda value. We can make our we could make our debut on the international stage and show them how great we are, mm-hmm. and how superior and how powerful. And uh, and Hitler still wasn't convinced, and they took him to tour a, uh, a an arena, and this arena had been built for uh, a night an Olympic Games that was supposed to take place in Berlin in 1916. Of course, it was canceled because mm-hmm. of the First World War. And they said, well, we can't really expand it very much. And he said, what? I want it all torn down and rebuilt. I want a, a stadium for 100,000 people. It's got better than anything that's ever been done before in the modern Olympics. And that's sort of when he was convinced. So it wasn't the necessarily entirely the propaganda value. It was also the chance to uh, show off his, uh, I don't know, good taste, <laughs> architectural skills. You know, I mean, he loved, he loved building things or planning to build things that were you know, large. And yeah, they have the Um yeah. You know, and this, this uh, historically, this happened a lot. Women were used as spies during World War II. Um, mm-hmm. we, I know we had uh, one uh, famous author on. She wrote a book about how women were used to smuggle stuff in and out and be spies and uh, saboteurs, uh, uh, especially during, this was, uh, she wrote a book about Women who were doing this during uh, when, when the Germans put the the Jews in Jewish um, Jewish uh, slums, they would they would force them all to live in a very small, horrible place, and uh, they you know they had to have checkpoints where where the um, you know you couldn't leave or come and go, but women would have the freedom to you know leave and go get food or, or goods or something, and they were they were kind of deemed like well you know they'll never do anything bad, and you know they're very good looking, so they would use their sexual charm to to uh, engage the sometimes sometimes they would bring like you know guns back into the thing, and because they were so cute, they would you know the German soldiers would hey, do you want to help carry that right back into the thing or out of the thing you know and and uh yeah. you know they would they would be uh used in that way and uh so uh yeah they would they would uh, get away with a lot of stuff uh saboteurs spies sometimes they would kill i think wasn't there a famous story that was based uh, you know the movie Inglorious bastards i think they stole one of the stories where a woman if i recall rightly and maybe this was the author that we had come in uh she ended up killing or bombing and and uh you know some of them were really responsible for some stuff that they did <laughs> well i love the story of um audrey hepburn that tiny delicate absolute gorgeous little actress well during the war she she was um i believe she was dutch and she lived in uh, in the netherlands and she would lure nazis in and then kill them ah that demure little little creature <laughs> and i think that's what makes women good spies is that it's unexpected in a lot of cases mm-hmm. um that uh people people expect this of a man but not necessarily of a woman I and mean, you think of Mata Hari. i mean everybody's like oh yes that's wonderful and then the pillow talk gets repeated um mm-hmm. and i mean there there are female photographers who did this too i mean there was one who was uh she was a devoted communist and before the war and she married a british guy and moved to england where she actually recruited um uh disaffected englishmen to work for stalin and just among the groups that she she recruited were um the cambridge five uh so kim philby and his friends um, mm-hmm. who became some of the most notorious spies in english history so <laughs> i thought that was awesome. 
Yeah. Awesome sauce. So this sounds like a lot of fun, a fun romp. And uh, is this, is it a beach read or is it uh, <laughs> something you can sit down and read through? I, I hope it's something that people want to want to keep on reading a page turner. But mm-hmm. um, is it a beach read? Uh, it's a fairly serious subject. I'm not sure if I'm a beach read kind of person. I, I mean, I love humor in books, but uh, uh, yeah, I try to sort of. Um, uh, drive people on with things that are, are surprising that they're not expecting to read. So there you go. Uh, there you go. Well, uh, any anything more we want to tease out on the book before we go? Um, I don't know. Is there? Uh, I I love the details of the story. That <laughs> if people can go and uh, go and research things like um, one of the most fascinating parts of the story was the uh, the movie that Hitler had made. Uh-huh. Um, hired uh, a woman. As just yeah. as this director, and she had shot the uh, the famous Nuremberg rally documentary. And if you have ever seen any pictures of the Nazis on parade, that's probably from that movie. And so she took a year before the games to actually create the technology, new film, new lenses, new methods of taking pictures under water photography. And she shot over a million uh, feet of film before that. Well, during the games, and it took her two years to edit it, and it won uh, amazing reviews all over Europe. And she came yeah. to the U.S. to uh, to promote it. And unfortunately, her ship landed a few days after Crystal Knock had happened, which was a um, a riot where Jewish uh, Jewish people were targeted across the country. Their houses were uh, broken. Uh, Synagogues were burned down, storefronts were were sort of uh, damaged. That's why it's called crystal lock, broken glass, broken glass. And so no one would ever speak to her in in uh, in the U.S. So she never became famous there. But for a woman to be so innovative in the techniques that she is, that they're still used in sports photography today, and to be so powerful that's to get the kind of freedom to make a film like that in Germany and, and within the very misogynistic world of film it's, itself. Mm-hmm. She's a very interesting character, and yet she was manipulative and a liar and um, a lot of things, as well as a genius. So mm. that was one of the most fascinating characters I read about during this. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> you would have think that they would have said, hey, she's got a lot of film that we could use to know what's going on in Germany and, and maybe, uh, you know, good spy but sort of data. She was German and she was um, very devoted to Hitler and Hitler was very devoted to her, mm. although she denied it later. So I don't huh. think there was any way any of that was getting out of Germany <laughs> hey. or out of, out of her very, uh, I don't know, grasping hands. <laughs> she I don't know. They did. I would at least tap that film so you could, uh, you know, hey, let's, uh, yeah, we want to see your film. Uh, this is a great film. Well, this is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yep. uh, it's like uh, good data. I mean, now, now we have satellites that do all that, but back then, yes. uh, whatever. But, you know, this is clearly why I don't run the government's uh, <laughs> or the Pentagon. Um, so this has been Easier more insightful. <laughs> More fun to be an author than a politician, I think. We could just make it up. That's and get true. Away with it. <laughs> That's true. Plus, when you work for the government, you've got to follow rules, and I'm bad, really bad at rules. Um, yes. It's been wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you for coming on, Leisha. We really appreciate it. Well, thanks. It was lovely to meet you, Chris, and to chat with you. Thank you. And we'll look forward to your next book. Are you working on that yet? Or uh... I'm in the magpie phase. <laughs> so we're the gathering mag- ideas. And, oh, okay. And, uh, yeah. 
The magpie so. phase. I like that. I might use that. Well, how, what, so you're what's looking the, for ideas. Ah, so is that what magpies do? They kind of go and they, they look for anything shiny and steal it. Ah. <laughs> that's, that's you know, that's isn't that what we do? As that's pretty much true. For the best ideas and steal it and twist it. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I think Tom Peters call it creative swiping. Yes. Where corporations copy each other's stuff and then they make the they try and make it better. So they put yes. their own spin on it. Um so there you go. Uh give us your dot com so people can find you on the interwebs. You can find me at LeishaCornwall.com, uh, which is very easy, and all the links to everything you need to uh including getting in touch with me if you'd like to, uh, is there. Thanks. And thanks for tuning in to my audience. Be sure to go to all of our groups on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all those crazy places the kids are playing. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time.